0: Welcome to Season 4, Podcast 86 of A New Voice of Freedom. The podcasts are taken from the four volumes, In Defense of Christianity, written by Ronald Keith Messer. This podcast is part of a series we call Poet's Corner. It is from Edmund Spencer's The Fairy Queen, Canto 1B, Episode 2. Podcast 86 is entitled, Errors endless train.
1: Edmund Spencer was born in 1552 in London and died January thirteenth, fifteen 1599 at the young age of 47. He is a contemporary of William Shakespeare. He states his purpose.
0: I labor to portray in Arthur before he was king the image of a brave knight perfected in the twelve private moral virtues as Aristotle hath devised which if I find to be well accepted, I may be perhaps encouraged to frame the other part of politic virtues in his person after he came to be king.
1: This series of podcasts are from book one entitled The Legend of the Knight of the Red Cross or of Holiness. The Red Cross Knight, a symbol of the virtues of King Arthur, exemplifies holiness. He represents everyone who is on a quest to perfection. Spencer wants us to learn from the epic journey of the Red Cross Knight. Spencer, a classical scholar, assumes we have read the Holy Bible and the stories of King Arthur. In his letter to Raleigh, Spencer describes the plot of the story.
0: Soon after entered a fairy lady in morning weeds riding on a white ass, with the dwarf behind her leading a warlike steed that bore the arms of a knight and his spear in the dwarf's hand. She falling before the queen of fairies complained that her father and mother, an ancient king and queen, had been by a huge dragon many years shut up in a brazen castle, who thence suffered them not to issue, and therefore brought the fairy queen to assign her some one of her knights to take on him that exploit. Presently, that clownish person upstarting, desiring that adventure, Whereat the queen much wondering, and the lady much gainsaying, yet he earnestly importuned his desire. In the end the lady told him, that unless that armor which she brought would serve him, that he could not succeed in that enterprise, which being forthwith put upon him with due furniture thereunto, he seemed the goodliest man in all that company, and was well liked of the lady. if soon's taking on him knighthood and mounting on that strange courser he went forth with her on that adventure where beginneth the first book
1: the lady's name is una una means one and only so the three together una the dwarf and the red cross knight in his new armor embark on a journey to slay the dragon who holds una's parents captive The story is really about how the Red Cross Knight, a clumsy youth untried in battle, puts on the whole armor of God described in Ephesians 6 of the New Testament.
0: Finally, my brethren, be strong in the Lord and in the power of his might. Put on the whole armor of God, that ye may be able to stand against the wiles of the devil. For we wrestle not against flesh and blood, but against principalities, against powers,
1: Please join us as we continue the journey with him under the careful tutelage of Edmund Spencer. We shall continue with Canto One, where the Red Cross Knight, with the arrogance of inexperienced youth, foolishly fights his first dragon and nearly loses his life.
0: Behind her far away a dwarf did lag, that lassie seemed in being ever last or wearied with bearing of her bag of needments at his back thus as they passed the day with clouds was sudden overcast and angry jove and hideous storm of rain did pour into his leman's lap so fast that every white to shroud it did constrain and this fair couple also to shroud themselves were fain
1: the character of the dwarf comes in focus he is a reluctant servant his greatest fault is that he is not valiant that sets him apart from the night he lags far behind he is always last the storm causes them to veer off course and seek shelter this symbolizes them straying from the straight and narrow path
0: enforced to seek some covert nigh at hand a shady grove not far away they spied that promised aid the tempest to withstand whose lofty trees he clad with summer's pride did spread so broad That heaven's light did hide, not perceivable with power of any star. And all within were paths and alleys wide, with footing worn and leading inward far. Fair harbor that them seemed, so in they entered are.
1: The signs that they are off the straight path become obvious. One, it is not guided by any fixed star. Two, the path is broad, not straight and narrow three the path is well worn and leads far off the straight narrow way it deceitfully appears to offer shelter which hides the fact that a dragon's den is close by they get lost
0: led with delight they thus beguiled the way until the blustering storm is overblown when weaning to return whence they did stray they cannot find that path which first was shown but wander to and fro in ways unknown, furthest from and thin, when they nearest ween. That makes them doubt their wits, be not their own, so many paths, so many turnings, seen, that which of them to take, in diverse doubt they being.
1: Spencer illustrates how easy it is to stray from the straight and narrow path, suggesting the scripture, for wide is the gate, and broad is the way that leadeth to destruction. The storm was fierce. It was natural for them to carelessly seek the nearest shelter. It would have been far better to have stayed on the stormy path than to wander aimlessly on the broad road of destruction. But rather than retrace their steps, they continued to wander in the wrong direction.
0: At last resolving forward still too far, till that some end they find or in or out, that path they take that beaten seems most bare, and like to lead the labyrinth about, which when by track they hunted had throughout, at length it brought them to a hollow cave amidst the thickest woods. The champion stout, if soon dismounted from his courser brave, and to the dwarf a while his needless spear he gave.
1: They let their guard down. Even though the knight sees the entrance to the cave, he is too inexperienced to be afraid. The Red Cross Knight foolishly gives his spear to the dwarf, leaving him without protection. Remember, he is a youth, as yet unworthy of his borrowed armor. He imitates the dwarf. Una, who represents truth, senses danger and warns the Red Cross Knight, but in his youth he ignores the warning.
0: Be well aware, quoth then the Lady Mild. Lest sudden mischief ye too rash provoke, The danger hid, the place unknown, And wild breeds dreadful doubts, Oft fire is without smoke, And peril without show. Therefore your stroke, sir knight, Withhold till further trial made. Ah, lady, said he, Shame were to revoke the forward footing For a hidden shade virtue gives herself light through darkness for to wait
1: the untried youth thinks that virtue alone is sufficient to protect him so in his pride he ignores any warning puts his guard down and recklessly continues to wander toward the dragon's den una issues a second warning
0: yea but quoth she the peril of this place i better wot than you though now too late to wish you back return with foul disgrace. Yet wisdom warns, whilst foot is in the gate to stay the step, ere forced to retreat, this is the wandering wood, this errorless den, a monster vile, whom God and man doth hate, therefore I read, beware. Fly, fly, quoth the fearful dwarf, this is no place for living man.
1: Even the dwarf heeds Una's warning and pleads with the Red Cross Knight to get out. Remember, Una represents pure truth. She symbolizes the whisperings of the Holy Ghost, which even after two warnings the Red Cross Knight ignores.
0: But full of fire and greedy hardiment, the youthful knight could not for aught be stayed. But forth unto the darksome hole he went and looked in. His glistering armor made a little glooming light, much like a shade by which he saw the ugly monster plain, half like a serpent horribly displayed. But the other half did woman's shape retain, most loathsome, filthy, foul, and full of vile disdain.
1: It is the knight's curiosity that nearly destroyed him. He must look in the dragon's den, and even after he sees the loathsome dragon, he doesn't leave. She has no comprehension of the dragon's fierce power.
0: And as she lay upon the dirty ground, her huge long tail, her den all overspread, yet was in knots and many bouts upwound, pointed with mortal sting. Of her there bred a thousand young ones, which she daily fed, sucking upon her poisonous dugs, each one of sundry shapes, yet all ill-favored soon as that uncouth light upon them shone into her mouth they crept and sudden all were gone
1: the knight completely misreads the signs he has no clue the length the dragon would go to to protect her young nor does he perceive her power symbolized by her long tail the mortal sting or the thousand different shapes of evil represented by her ill-favored young also he is misled by her response it is the light she runs from, not the callow night.
0: Their dam upstart, out of her den afraid, and rushed forth, hurling her hideous tail about her cursed head, whose folds displayed were stretched now forth at length without entrail. She looked about, and seeing one in melee arm to point, sought back to turn again, FOR LIGHT SHE HATED AS THE DEADLY BELL, I WANT IN DESERT DARKNESS TO REMAIN, WHERE PLAIN NONE MIGHT SEE HER, NOR SHE SEE ANY PLAIN.
1: THE DRAGON'S FEAR merely EMBOLDENS THE INEXPERIENCED KNIGHT. HE ATTACKS THE DRAGON IN HER OWN LAIR.
0: WHICH WHEN THE VALIANT ELF PERCEIVED, HE LEAPT AS LION FIERCE UPON THE FLYING PREY and with his trench and blade her boldly kept from turning back and forced her to stay. Therewith in rage she loudly gan to bray, and turning fierce her speckled tail advanced, threatening her angry sting, him to dismay. Who not aghast his mighty hand enhanced, the stroke down from her head onto her shoulders glanced.
1: The dragon is stunned, but his intact enrages her.
0: Much daunted with that dent, her sense was dazed. Yet kindling rage, herself she gathered round, and all at once her beastly body raised with double forces high above the ground. Though wrapping up her wreathed stern around, leapt fierce upon his shield, and her huge train all suddenly about his body wound, That hand or foot to stir he strove in vain. God help the man so wrapped in error's endless train.
1: This is a battle that never should have been fought. The foolish knight enters the dragon's den and attacks her in her own fortress. She has home advantage. He invites her wrath. In protecting her home and her young with the fierceness of a grizzly, she turns all of her fury on the unprepared knight. It is the knight's own fault that he is wrapped in air's endless strain. Una, horrified, encourages the knight who is about to succumb.
0: His lady, sad to see his sore constraint, cried out, Now, now, sir knight, show what ye be. Add faith unto your force, and be not faint. Strangle her, else she sure will strangle thee. That, when he heard in great perplexity, his gall did great for grief and high disdain, and knitting all his force, got one hand free, wherewith he gripped her gorge with a great pain that soon to loose her wicked bands did her constrain.
1: Una is not angry or critical; she is concerned for the knight's welfare. And encourages him to fight harder using the words of paul she is telling the knight to above all take the shield of faith wherewith he shall be able to quench all the fiery darts of the wicked this time the valiant knight heeds una's warning and struggles to break free of the stranglehold of the enraged dragon
0: therewith she spewed out of her filthy maw a flood of poison horrible and black full of great lumps of flesh and goblets raw which stunk so vilely that it forced him slack, his grasping hold, and from her turn him back. Her vomit, full of books and papers, was with loathly frogs and toads, which eyes did lack, and creeping sought way in the weedy grass. Her filthy parbreak, all the place defiled, has.
1: The dragon symbolizes false doctrines hence her vomit full of books and papers, was. The dragon, however, intensifies her fight, and the Red Cross Knight is about to give up. The thousand demons come out of her belly and join the fight.
0: The same, so sore annoyed, has the knight that well-nigh choked with the deadly stink. His forces fail. knee can no longer fight whose courage, when the fiend perceived to shrink, she poured forth. Out of her hellish sink, her fruitful, cursed spawn of serpents, small, deformed monsters, foul and black as ink, with swarming all about his legs did crawl, and him encumbered sore, but could not hurt at all.
1: Heeding Una's cry, the Red Cross Knight renews his courage and fearlessly strikes out with his sword and cuts off the dragon's head.
0: Thus ill-bestead, and fearful, more of shame than of the certain peril he stood in, half-furious unto his foe he came, resolved in mind, all suddenly, to win or soon to lose. Before he once would lin and struck at her with more than manly force, that from her body, full of filthy sin, he raft her hateful head without remorse. A stream of coal-black blood forth gushed from her course.
1: The evil brood do a strange thing. They turn their attention away from the knight to devour their mother, drinking her blood and eating her flesh, and are all poisoned by their own mother's corpse. The symbolism is clear. Unsustainable evil destroys itself when the source is gone. The Red Cross Knight is triumphant. Nona applauds the young knight's victory and says he is now worthy of the armor he wears and expresses her hope that he will endure until he wears the whole armor of God. Only then can he fight the dreaded dragon who holds her parents captive.
0: His lady, seeing all that chanced from far, approached in haste to greet his victory and said, Fair knight, born under happy star, who see your vanquished foes before you lie. WELL WORTHY BE YOU OF THAT ARMOR, WHEREIN YOU HAVE GREAT GLORY WON THIS DAY, AND PROVED YOUR STRENGTH ON A STRONG ENEMY, YOUR FIRST ADVENTURE, MANY SUCH I PRAY, AND HENCEFORTH EVER WISH THAT LIKE SUCCEED IT MAY.
1: THEY RETURNED TO THE STRAIGHT AND NARROW PATH.
0: THEN MOUNTED HE UPON HIS STEED AGAIN, AND WITH THE LADY backward SOUGHT TO WEND. The path he kept, which beaten was most plain, Nay ever would to any byway bend, But still did follow one unto the end, The which at last out of the woods them brought. So forward on his way with God to fend, He passed forth, and new adventure sought. Long way he traveled before he heard of aught.